Well, we're coming to the end of a most wonderful study that I have personally had, and I trust it has been a rich blessing to you as well as we've gone through the whole book of Hebrews, lesson by lesson, message by message, and it has, I believe, not just educated our minds, but has fed our hearts and our souls to the point where we have, it's like the curtain was separated and there on the platform, there was our Lord Jesus Christ, spotlighted, made for us to look to him and see who he is truly in the eyes not just of the Hebrew people, but also for us who are kind of on the outside. And he's brought us in to discover who he is and what he has done for every man, woman, and child ever born. That was in the giving, the Christmas story, Christ among us in the book of Hebrews. We're going to look this morning to some of the final verses in Hebrews 13, 15 to 19. We're talking here about sacrifices to God. Last week we had dealt with the Day of Atonement sacrifice, which is a very interesting celebration, ceremony, a sacrifice that is very specific. We know about the Passover. The Christian church is familiar with the Passover. But the Day of Atonement, we're kind of ignorant about it. It holds rank, I believe, with the Passover, which, of course, speaks to us of communion and Jesus instituting that the night that he was betrayed and judged and the next day was crucified. The Day of Atonement. Atonement meaning covering where he covered our sins. I tried last week to get this across, but let me just do a little bit of makeup and see if we can uh, correct some things that my wife had pointed out about this. She is my best critic (laughs) in a good word. That's a good word. She never criticizes me, but she is my critic. Along with the various sacrifices of the Old Testament, there are two main sacrifices that are very important to the Jewish calendar, Passover and the Day of Atonement. The annual Passover is in the spring of the year. It celebrates the redemption of Israel from Egyptian bondage by the blood of the Lamb, marking the doorposts of each family's household. This signifies the work of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, as Savior and Redeemer for anyone who openly acknowledges Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Day of Atonement is an annual sacrifice in the fall of the year, commemorating the removal of sin from Israel and signifying the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for the sins of the whole world. John the Baptist boldly declared, Behold the Lamb of God who carries away, who bears away the sin of the world. We talked about the two goats 
One was slaughtered and its blood was spilt to sanctify the altar. The other goat was kept alive, but the priest put his hands on the head of the goat and confessed the sins of the people for that previous year. I don't know how long it took Aaron to confess those sins. And then a special man was chosen to take that goat and lead it out into the desert, out into the wilderness, far, far away from the camp of Israel. That was the goat called a scapegoat. Maybe you know that word in English. Oh, he's a scapegoat. In other words, he's the one that the company just blames him for everything that happened wrong in the company. And we say, well, he's a scapegoat. Everything was put on him. That is also a picture of Jesus Christ who bore our sins. And when John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan and Jesus walked by, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away or carries away the sin of the world. The sin of the world carries it away out into the wilderness. And what happened to that goat? Well, there's a lot of theories of what happened to that goat each year. Some people say, well, in order for the goat not to come back to the camp of Israel, they would push it over a cliff. The word of God does not say anything about that that I know of. It was to go out into the wilderness and forage for itself. And most likely it would never come back because some wild animal would destroy it, kill it. Jesus is our sin bearer. He carries our sins away as far as the east is from the west, Scripture says. That's another picture of our Savior and what he does for us. The author of Hebrews concludes with a closing reference to the altar of the Day of Atonement sacrifice when the bodies of the sacrifice animals were burnt outside the camp and their flesh was never eaten by the priests, but instead was burned outside the camp. The author of Hebrews then challenges the Jewish and Gentile Christians who were part of this letter and congregations that gathered in those days were mixed with Jewish and Gentile Christians. And it was a hard time for that early church to try to figure out what is Christian and what is the old law. What did Christ leave us? And what does the law say that we as Gentile believers don't need to exercise or to acknowledge. The author of the Hebrews then challenges them. They were despised by both the Romans and the Jewish synagogue leaders and they bore the reproach of Jesus Christ for the sake of the kingdom of God. Those were our forerunners. Those were the ones who went ahead of us and forged the faith of what we call 
Christianity. We owe them a great debt of love and appreciation for what they have given us, what they have passed down to us. And these scriptures that we have that, like the book of Hebrews, that points out what our Savior is truly like and what he's all about. And that's why it has been such a blessing this last year in going through this study. Sacrifice is not a comfortable word. Sacrifice means dying to self. Sacrifice is not easily embraced by any of us. And yet sacrifice is a requirement for living the Christian life. If you are going to live as a Christian, you will have to sacrifice. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that gives thanks to his name, and do not neglect doing good and sharing For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now we're going to go through this outline of praise sacrifices, pleasing sacrifices, personal sacrifices, prayer sacrifices. There are times when we do not feel like praising the Lord. How many will attest to that? Our scripture says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that gives thanks to his name. And you know, the one instrument or the one body member that is probably the most offensive part of our body, anybody have a guess of what that might be? Our lips, our tongue. We can offend. We can destroy. We can do all kinds of damage through our lips. And we need to be able to change that. And the way that we change it is focusing on our Lord Jesus Christ. And in a time of testing where somebody at the office has done something that just ruined your day, and rather than Oh, here he did it again. And now how am I going to get this done before I get home? And my wife and I had a great day evening planned, and he's ruined it. That happens to us, doesn't it? When unexpectedly somebody ruins our day, and our lips can be used as instruments of praise. Continually Offer up a sacrifice. Yes, I don't want to say this, but God, would you bless Jack? I don't know any Jack in in this congregation or church. Would you bless him? He really needs to know you. I shared with him last week, and he said, I'll think about it. 
Lord, I bless him right now. Even though I've got this mess to clean up, I thank you for this opportunity to pray for him. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, this is what Paul says, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What is reasonable? What is reasonable? It makes sense, right? Something that's reasonable makes sense. Well, this thing that's in my mind that I've been using as an illustration of Jack ruining my evening doesn't make sense. But it does make sense for me then to be able to say, this is reasonable. It is something that I can offer to you as a sacrifice. And I offer it to you. My lips, my attitude toward my co-worker, I offer it to you. You redeem it. You are the redeemer. And I offer that to you. All of us have got things in our head right now that we're thinking about. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is is pointing that out. Maybe it's in the crew team. Somebody on your team has irritated you this week. Going down the row there? (laughs) That's what happens. Why? Because we are human beings. We're just like that goat that went out representing our Lord Jesus Christ who humbled himself and became a man. But in all his ways, he was perfect. And he shows us the example of being a sacrifice. It's reasonable. Christianity is the most reasonable religion that I know of. I haven't studied other religions that deeply, but I am assured of this, that this is reasonable for us to sacrifice our praise. It needs to cost us something. Pleasing sacrifices. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do you want to please the Father? It'll cost you. Maybe not in money, but in your life. Do not neglect doing good and sharing. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's why we're here. That's why we're associated with one another. Because we are doing good and sharing. We need to also share out in the world as well. There are many people hurting that we brush shoulders with every day and we don't know it. We need to share. We need to share that in a way that they will know that there's something here that I need to discover. Why this person took their time, the expense, went out of their way to tell me about Jesus Christ. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, 
my rock and my redeemer. He's the one that redeems us and makes us of value when we weren't of value at all. But let the words of my mouth and even deeper than that, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Memorize that verse. Make it yours. Make that your prayer. Personal sacrifices. There are things that we have that no other person can really identify with as deeply as what we do ourselves in our personal sacrifices. Because we're all unique. We're all in different circumstances. You can have a twin brother or sister, and they are much different as well we have an opportunity for personal sacrifices that are unique to us. And here it is. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. All of us are responsible for something and someone. Can you think of anyone that you are responsible for? And that as a leader, as a person who is older and supposed to be responsible, that you need to make a personal sacrifice for that person. Maybe it's a younger brother. Maybe it's a younger sister. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's even your parents. He's calling for obey your leaders and submit to them. But in many ways, every one of us are leaders. And by the fact that we are in that position, we can take this, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. This is turning it around a little bit. But it's bringing it, I believe, home to us when we think, well, why is he the leader? I've got much more education and much more ability than he does. But personally, I am going to take that responsibility and sacrifice that my thought about and in comparison with him and submit to this person's leadership or decision, or leading in a certain project. I know that some of you are in positions where your leaders are not worthy of following. Some of you are in situations that someone real close to you is not really taking the responsibility that they should, but yet you are obligated by these words to obey them to follow their lead, to submit to them. This word isn't just to, you know, these special church leaders. I know that that's what he's talking about here. But I'm trying to bring it down to the level of all of us as believers. See, it's hard for me to say anything about this as far as obey your leaders because I'm the leader of this church, apparently. But I want to bring it to a level where we're not just looking at, well... The reason why that church is so unwelcoming 
is because of the pastor that they have. It's easy for us to pick off the leaders, not realizing that we also have some responsibilities ourselves. And as someone said, when you're pointing your finger at someone, there are three fingers or maybe even four if your thumb is back, pointing back at you. We need to take this seriously and not just say, well, he's just talking about the leaders of the church. It is true. Our leaders are failing us in the church. But that doesn't mean that we need to then just ignore them and brush them off and do our own thing. We need to pray for them. And that's next. Oh, just a minute, I had one more. Therefore, be imitators of your leaders, of God, as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma, as a perfume. That's what it means to obey your leaders and to bless the Lord for your relationship with them. And they, in turn, will bless you. And then lastly, prayer sacrifices. The writer of Hebrews says, Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sooner. As I said, we don't know who is the writer here. We have some guesses, but we may be wrong. And I think that one of the things that makes Hebrews such a incredibly good read and study is that we don't know who that person is. And that God has given us an opportunity to receive these words, these, this instruction to us without having a bias. Well, now, this was Paul's writing, and this is the way Paul said this. No, this is a unique book, the book of Hebrews. And as we said before, I hope we don't think this is Paul writing this. But if you do, great. That's not the point here. He's saying, pray for us. And that's what we need to do for our leaders. For we are sure that we have a good conscience, he says, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. This is the sign of a good leader. How many of you have asked your subordinates, would you pray for me? I'm really struggling in my leadership or in my duties as your team leader or as your assistant, as your one that is the director over you. I know some of you are in uh, secular jobs and for you to ask your department colleagues to pray for you, it might shock them drastically. You know what? Here in Japan, asking for prayer is not all that bad a thing. In America, I think, if you went up to somebody and said, would you pray for me? Oh, what? But here in Japan, prayer is a good wish or a, an attitude. Now, it's much different than what he's talking about here. But 
in reality, we should be able to do that with one another, particularly in the body of Christ. And so I ask you, pray for me, okay? I am getting old, and I'm forgetting a lot of things. We need your prayer. Those that are leading you in uh, the deacon board, they need your prayers. Those who are responsible for you in paying your salary, they need your prayers. In the company, they need your prayers. And they might not say it, but pray for them anyway. And they may not be in the same category as this, but the author is saying, pray for us. For we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you, all the more do this so that I may be restored to you sooner. And he may have been in jail. We don't know. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Praise the Lord for our opportunity to to pray. Prayer is a very important part of the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that it, it does cost us time and care and it may even cost us some action. And we pray that the Holy Spirit in his faithfulness would direct us as to what actions need to be taken in our lives that this week we would act honorably as the children of the Heavenly Father. You know who we will be meeting and who we will be encountering this week. Remind us by your Holy Spirit of these words, whether they are our leaders or our colleagues, our family member, a stranger. Allow us to spread out this week from this place to various parts of Tokyo and surrounding areas and touch someone's life. May this be a sacrifice, a personal sacrifice that we offer to you. That it would be pleasing to you. That it would touch a personal spot in our lives. Lord, we ask that this would be an opportunity for us to really value the privilege that we have of praying and we've sacrificed some time more than we have in past days seeing that it is important for the kingdom thank you that we have this opportunity to meditate on this to understand your will and purposes for us we offer them as sacrifices of praise in Jesus name Amen